2: all right welcome to bet the edge i'm jay croucher joined by the whale capper drew dinsick today we're going to talk monday night football a pretty miserable game uh that deserved a spot on thursday night football but we'll break it down all the same (laughs) Uh, we're going to talk Coach of the Year, where there's one name in particular to me uh, that I think is a lot of value. Then we're going to look at our two favorite uh, look-aheads for the week upcoming in the NFL. But Drew, how are you, mate? And uh, what did you make of the game last night?
3: Well, Halloween night was a ton of fun outside of that result. <laughs> that was very painful. Now, I didn't very stake very much on the Bengals, uh, and I didn't stake very much on the, uh, the over there, um, but... I, this was one of those games where I lost every prop I played. I lost my second half bet. It was like I, I, doing the math afterwards, like how could this have happened? Um, and then even beyond that, a uh, ton of equity lost in any kind of uh, you know super prices I scooped on Bengals when they were looking for the beginning of the season to win the AFC North. All that equity is evaporated. Um, so this was as bad a result, single game result as I've had throughout the season so far. And, you know, considering where we are in the season and the fact that this is kind of a pivot point, it's got me a little bit uneven, a little, uh, you know, I'm a little concerned, like I need to be playing a little bit better defense on some of my positions here. Um, because I certainly did not see that coming. That Browns defense looked like the freaking 85 bears. I mean, the uh, you know, with, with Jadavian Clowney back, uh, and, uh, you know, with Miles Garrett playing some. Very inspired football. They were wreaking havoc uh, throughout that game, and I want to hang some of that on on the you know put some of that on the shoulders of Zach Taylor, who I thought had a miserable game plan. Um, but uh, you know, certainly some of the questions and concerns about being able to push around the Browns' front and get your running game going, uh, you know, were a complete non factor for the Bengals in this contest. And then on the flip side of the ball, Bengals' defense really didn't uh, didn't show up in this one. Um, left a lot of room for Amari Cooper to do damage down the field, uh, and then just couldn't get off the field in key third-down situations. Turnover battle went directly in favor of the Browns. It was basically everything broke in their favor here, and um, you know this opens up – I mean, it doesn't open up anything. This basically tilts the AFC North in favor of the Ravens to a degree that uh, is going to be tough to overcome for Cincy.
2: Yeah, I think the story of the game is Cleveland's defense, which just hadn't shown up all season and it never really made sense because they have a lot of talent on that side of the ball. I guess Jadevian Clowney and pairing him with the now healthy and dominant again, Miles Garrett was all they needed. But, uh, and that was the story because their secondary hasn't been great this year, Cleveland, but you know, they're going to be put under a lot less pressure when, uh, Miles Garrett is getting to Joe Burrow in, in under two seconds, uh, which is absurd. Uh, I mean, the Browns have now... They own the Bengals, apparently. Kevin Stefanski, 5-0 and versus the Bengals as Browns head coach. Uh, they've won five in a row against Cincy and eight of the last nine. Wow. But let's talk about Cleveland because all season I've wanted to get involved in Cleveland like with the real upside plays, but to win the Super Bowl, to win sure. the AFC... Sure. They have so much upside. They have so much talent. And they have Deshaun Watson coming back who who knows what he's going to look like. But the last time that we saw him, he was playing like a top five quarterback in the NFL and leading the league in passing yards. We're not that much around him uh, outside of DeAndre Hopkins. So I mean, do you believe in the Browns as a team with upside? If they can now they're three and five, they're back into their schedule, which we thought was going to be really difficult. Now all of a sudden doesn't oh, look as bad. difficult because teams like Tampa Bay. Who are coming up aren't as intimidating so what do you make of the browns and their upside
3: yeah i can't deny anyone's upside in today's nfl i mean that's the world we're in right now uh afc is a little tougher to find you know to to find your way home um, because you do have the bell the you know the bills and the chiefs who are capable of scoring 30 every time they roll out there um, and I think that's where it comes down to trying to do a critical evaluation of what are the b- Browns going to be able to give you in a playoff environment, right? That's what you're betting into is, that, is just like you laid it out. You're not betting into the make the playoffs or, you know, uh, you, know, all, you know, a current win total market or something like that. You're trying to hit high upside here. And in a playoff setting, they're almost certainly going to have to go on the road. This is a team that's only getting into the playoffs if they get in via wild card. Uh, and can they win three consecutive road games, two of those presumably in Kansas City and Buffalo. Uh, The defense is not good enough to keep those teams under 30, which means the offense has to get you to 30-plus, or you have to have just some variance and have the ball last kind of situations. Special teams is a little bit of a concern. Don't love their kicker, uh, and certainly the fact that the uh, weapons on offense are very lean after Amari Cooper is a problem for me. So I think ultimately this Team, I think they, their ceiling uh, is probably round two of the playoffs. But at that point, getting past the Chiefs or the Bills is not happening, especially if they have to go on the road at the Bills coming off of a bye uh, or Chiefs off of a bye. Bills haven't sewn anything up yet. So, uh, you know, definitely that that's kind of where it stops for me. And I, I can't really see them being able to outscore uh, those other two teams. Do you think they have enough upside defensively uh, to well, keep the Chiefs or the Bills under 30?
2: I didn't think they did until last night. And seeing what their defensive line did last night, I think has to change how you calibrate, what the upside of that defense is. But the big thing for them is getting in because that's no guarantee at all. They're three and five. But look, I do think it's good that they play Miami next week because that's one of the teams who they're going to be competing with for a wild card. So when you're the underdog, you want these high variance games uh, and you want these high leverage games. So that's good for them. Also, the Jets are five and three and in the fifth, Although in the number one wild card spot at the moment, I think they have huge drop off potential because of what Zach Wilson showed. The Patriots at four and four with how Mac Jones pl- has been playing, I think they're very vulnerable. The Chargers, who we're going to get into, I think they're probably the most solid wild card team, but still you don't feel amazing about that. So I do think they have a pathway in. Uh, their schedule, as well as when Deshaun Watson comes back, uh, their schedule goes at Houston at Cincinnati, who apparently they own, home to Baltimore, where if Deshaun is coming back and looking like Deshaun, the they'll probably be favored in that game. Uh, then New yeah. Orleans, at Commanders, at Steelers. Like, that's very uh, navigable, if that's a word. Uh, so I do think that Cleveland, they do have a shot. And then you just, you're just you just hoping that you only have to beat one of Buffalo or Kansas City and that another team takes care of the other one. But yeah. I don't know. Some of these, like right now, they're 35-1 to one to win the AFC on points bet. In a little bit higher than that just because they're so they're still a dog to make the playoffs but i don't know they're they're definitely a team to monitor and if they beat miami next week and get the tie break over miami and a one game behind the dolphins then all of a sudden i think that you have to to pounce uh if if some books are asleep at the wheel uh with the afc price in particular cool. but uh let's jump into coach of the year which is always one of the most Interesting markets uh, to think about, and I think one of the best markets to bet into because it's always so vulnerable. Uh, it's very difficult. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no model. There's no amazing uh, liquidity uh, like that goes into NFL spreads <laughs> in NFL Coach of the Year futures markets. These markets can absolutely be beaten. Uh, I know because I used to I price them myself at points bet, and it's really just me talking to like two other guys and then coming up with what we think <laughs> the prices, and you know I'll back. I'll back myself enterprise it pretty well but it's not like there's a great science going into this but i'll just run through the market at the moment nick sirianni is rightfully the favorite but he's minus 115 which is very short and i don't agree with brian dayball is plus 400 uh second favorite even after that loss to the seahawks kevin o'connell plus 800 pete carroll plus 1300 robert salah who was looking in very good position for this award before injury started to strike and Zach Wilson started to strike he's next to plus 1400 I don't believe in Mike Daniel who's after him and then Sean McDermott rounds out I guess that's second tier and he's plus 1700 uh, who do you like in this market
3: okay. I'm, I kind of need to set the table here and get your guidance because I have a huge stake on Sirianni at some big, yes. big, big numbers. And I agree with your general concept that he is very vulnerable at the top of this market. The Eagles have virtually no room for error. It is, You know what one of the hardest things to do is in this market? Go wire to wire. Like the idea that you are going to kind of be as good as you were early in the season all the way through the end, you know, finish with some you know, regular season with some fireworks, really kind of, you know, put an exclamation point on a campaign. Like it's just it's a very, 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 very small margin. And, uh, you know, the, the Eagles are your last undefeated team. You know, they are you know, positioned well to get the one seed. Um, but, you know, you look specifically at the, uh, you know, let's assume that they uh, end up splitting with the Cowboys, which is completely rational. They go at Dallas December 24th. Um, they don't match up especially well against Dallas with a healthy Dak Prescott. So, you know, we got one loss there. And then, you know, of the rest of their schedule, I can see uh, my, my median expectation is that they finish here seven and three. That would be a 14 and three record. And presumably you get the one seed at 14 and three, but it's not a guarantee um you know vikings could end up at 15 and two surely or the uh you know the the, um you could end up losing uh the nfc east to the cowboys if you lose one additional game so at that point if you're not winning your division which is not a guarantee because the cowboys are good uh you do not have a chance to win this award none right so the eagles right away there is a big old gaping hole where if they ultimately slip up and lose this division he is out of the running period uh, and at that point, Mike, you know, Mike McCarthy is certainly in the discussion, <clears throat> particularly because he navigated the water uh, with Cooper Rush and won a bunch of games early in the season. Uh, so if they peak later in the season and they are looking superlative and they beat the Eagles on Christmas Eve when everyone's watching, uh, you know, he's definitely going to be launched into the discussion. Um, but for you know, at the end of the day, the coach of the year market then tends to go to the biggest surprise. Uh, the, you know, the team that, that overachieved more than anyone thought was, uh, you know, was going to be able to, and that's why guys like Brian Dable are in the discussion. That's why Pete Carroll and Robert Sala are on the board here. Um, I just, am not seeing an obvious, uh, you know, guy that, that, the narrative can be built around that, uh, you know, he has done something incredible. Who is your guy that fits that narrative?
2: Yeah, well, firstly on Sirianni, I think he is rightfully the favourite, even though he shouldn't be this short, just because the Eagles, they have such a high floor at this point. But this award, it skews so much to the recency. The market was flipping around so violently. I think in the last three weeks of the season, there were three different favourites for this award last year, where I think it went Lafleur, Taylor, and then Vrabel at the end, who just kind of won it at the last. Uh, so I do think with Sirianni that, yeah, if they close seven and three, they're not going to be viewed necessarily as a fourteen and three team for the purposes of this award. They're going to be right. viewed as a seven and three team, which isn't right. as uh, which isn't as compelling a case. Dable, I think the loss really hurts him uh, against the Seahawks. Now the Giants. I did think that Dable was the bet last week, just because if they went eleven and six, I think that's close to auto win for Dable, just given the expectations of that team. Given that he, he's playing in the New York market or coaching in the New York market, and then also the fact that uh, you can just easily point to his coaching because of the lack of talent on the roster, and that's the key thing. And the thing that might hurt Sirianni is that he has a team of superstars. They traded yeah. for AJ Brown. They have all this talent on defense. Hertz is looked at as an MVP candidate at the moment, and so I think that he probably has to go fifteen and two to win this Ooh. award, and that's that's by no means guaranteed, though very much in play. So as I look through the other names on this list, the one that I think is the most value at the moment is Pete Carroll at plus 1,300. And just thinking about it like this, they're plus 350 to win the division. Is Pete Carroll better than like a 30% chance to win coach of the year if they win the NFC West, if they beat out the Niners? To me, he absolutely is. I would think that he's better than a coin flip at that point if they win the division this team's win total was five and a half uh yes geno smith is going to get a lot of the credit but also pete carroll is going to get a ton of the credit uh so i think that especially with the narrative of russell wilson leaving and them getting better without him i think carroll is the best bet uh at the moment i would make him plus 550 but have him slightly behind dable and sirianni but he would be third favorite for me just quickly to cycle through some other names. Uh, Mike McDaniel's done. He's not going to win this award. Yeah. Uh, just with everything swirling around that team. Uh, Robert Salaar I think is going to struggle with how Wilson has looked. I think Sean McDermott is vaguely in play at plus seventeen hundred. If they can go again fifteen and two and have the best record, and there's mm-hmm. just no other standout candidate, I would make him slightly short on that true price. But the one name I wanted to ask you about, who was staring at his odds a little bit last night, Mike Vrabel is eighty to one. And I know we won last year. I know that it's. Great. I can't recall anyone going back to back. But this team has such little talent. They're like thirteen point underdogs this week to the Chiefs. They were eleven point underdogs to the Bills in week two. They were home dogs to the Las Vegas, uh, and then ended up winning that game. This team has such a talent deficit. If they can end up going again, like twelve and five, 13 and four, somehow, which I don't think is an eighty to one outcome. Then doesn't Vrabel have to be considered? He had the the viral clip, uh, the NFL Films thing, uh, where he hugs the offensive lineman. It just seems like his coaching is very easy to point to in ways that perhaps it isn't with Sirianni. But is Mike Vrabel worth a flyer at eighty to one?
3: Man, it's a big number, <laughs> and he's he's dancing right around there with the top top seeds in the AFC right now, and the AFC South is awful. So. um I think there's, again, if you're defending a position, is it worth taking a flyer on variable? Absolutely. At the end of the day, getting past the Bills and the Chiefs would be impressive. But the big surprise is going to be whoever lands at the top of the NFC. Because it's not going to be the Bucks, it's not going to be the Rams, it's not going to be the Packers, right? So somebody is going to finish at the top of the pile in the NFC, and I think that's going to be presumed to be sort of the the big overachieving, big surprise team that we got to give this consideration to Coach of the Year. And I think um, you know if you can figure out who that team is, then that's you know then then that's the bet. And obviously it looks like the Eagles right now, which is why Sirianni is the favorite. And you make some good points, like he's doing it with superstars. If there was a big kind of. Uh, You know, huge GM uh, or like front office award like that would be maybe more appropriate for you know kind of recognizing the Eagles' success. Um, If there was a most improved player award, it would go to Hertz, and that would be sort of their ability to you know kind of pat the Eagles on the back for a great season. Um, But because there's no other obvious award to be given out to an Eagle, I think Sirianni by default is going to be the selection because I I think the voters in general, if the Eagles get the one seat, are going to have a tough time putting. You know, no eagle vo- voted. Right? They're going to have to fill in something to to reward the eagles, and ultimately, Sirianni being that guy is is the award. I like your Carroll take. I'm concerned about Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings stealing the one seed. Uh, Brian Dable surely also a very viable candidate, but this, in my opinion, this is going to go to someone in the NFC.
2: I think with Kevin O'Connell, like he's a game behind of the Eagles and the Eagles have the tie break over them and he's not going to win unless he finishes ahead of Sirianni, which I think is a pretty significant dog at this point. All right. Uh, also, just quick note from uh, our researcher, Johnny Venezia, that Joe Gibbs, is the last back-to-back winner, 82-83 for coach wow. of the year. All right, before we get into your favorite look, Drew, uh, coming up, uh, please download the Rotoworld app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today.
0: For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard
2: way.
3: (laughs) This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay Bet on the next drive to be a touchdown and cash out your live second half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code BETTHEEDGE to get a second chance on your first five bets up to $100 each. New customers only must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, or Louisiana. Void where prohibited. Louisiana license since pending in partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, first five bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website for more details. Gambling problem? In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. And in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. 1-877-770-7867. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www1800 800 net gambling problem call eight seven seven eight Hope New York or text Hope NY four six seven three six nine in New York.
2: Okay, so your favorite look, Drew, is in the Chargers Falcons game. The line is three, Chargers favorite on the road. Total is forty eight and a half. What do you like here?
3: Yeah, so again, not firing from a, a, an especially confident place, considering what happened to me last night. But, a little uh, unhinged I, today, Drew. A little. I, I am. Unhinged. I it's it hasn't. I haven't had many like just bloodbath losing days in the. I, definitely not this season in the NFL. It's been a while, so it's uh, you know it takes a little bit of an adjustment here. But um, uh, yes, I like the Chargers. I laid the three. It's out to minus one sixteen at some of the market makers. Um, that's going to go to three and a half, in my opinion. The injury news doesn't seem to be breaking, especially positively. Um, So this isn't even kind of bank bank shotting that we're going to get good injury news for the Chargers and that uh, the injuries are going to break against uh, the Falcons here. But um, you have an elite quarterback going up against a very, very, very poor defense, particularly a weak secondary. Casey Hayward is certainly not going to play. A.J. Terrell may not play. Uh, And, you know, now you get uh, even with, uh, you know, a a second tier squad, your backups out there running wide receiver for the Chargers. This is still Herbert coming off of extended rest with uh, just uh, an ability to absolutely go and score in bunches. Um, It is not a great matchup for the Chargers defense against Atlanta, who loves to do all of these, you know, efficient running attack. And their running defense is a huge, suspicious problem. And that's why this is a three point um, uh, line right now. Uh, I think if this if people had any higher confidence in the chargers run defense uh this would be in the four four and a half range uh and i but i think the chargers can play from ahead here i think they can put the um in the falcons in a little bit of a tighter spot uh and even so still this is chargers coming off extra rest having a an, an extra week to uh really do some serious self-evaluation and some uh some improvement i think is a real likelihood here and you have herbert coming off of again another week to uh heal from that uh rib injury so Uh, expecting 100% Herbert, expecting the Chargers to make a little bit of a run here in this next stretch of their schedule, Uh, and it starts with a convincing win against the Falcons for me.
2: Yeah, this kind of reminds me of the Chargers Texans line a few weeks ago when the Chargers were at one point only four and a half point favorites to Houston on the road. Where it just doesn't just doesn't feel right that uh, Justin Herbert was only a four and a half point favorite over Davis Mills, and now he's only a three point favorite over a very shaky Marcus Mariota. Uh, so yeah, I would be with you on the Chargers. Uh, I'd be a little bit concerned that Keenan Allen didn't practice yesterday, uh, coming off of the bye. Which is a concern. Mike Williams will definitely be out, uh, so that that would be the worry. But I do think that this Chargers offensive line is starting to look a little bit better. Uh, they're getting a bit more continuity now that they've adjusted to Rashawn Slater being out. Uh, they'll be able to game plan with J.C. Jackson being out, having that week off. The Falcons coming off uh, the overtime game against Carolina, you would expect you know all the the rest. The tactical advantages should all be with the Chargers, and they have the significant uh, advantage at quarterback. And then this is it for the Chargers. I mean, if they if they start losing these type of games, then uh, if you haven't already, you can pretty much write them off as a threat in the AFC. All right. Uh, before we get into Seahawks Cardinals, uh, which was a minus 1,000... Shot to be talked about today is one of our favorite. Books, <laughs> given how we feel about one of those teams, or well, really how we feel about both of these those teams in different directions. Uh, first, a reminder that it's a weekend of must-watch events on NBC and Peacock. It all begins with the Horses and Breeders Cup Saturday at three thirty PM Eastern, followed by Tigers, the Clemson Tigers taking on Notre Dame football in South Bend, and capped off with Saturday Night Live. The action continues Sunday with the NASCAR Cup Series Championship at 3 p.m. and wraps up with the Titans battling the Chiefs uh, on Sunday Night Football starting at 7 p.m., all of it on NBC and Peacock. Now, our Seahawks haven't seen much primetime action, but they should uh, the rest of the way uh, based on how they're playing. And that is my favorite look at the moment. Plus one and a half at the Arizona Cardinals. The total is a massive 50 flat. Uh, But I like the Seahawks in this spot. Just think, they are a significantly better team than the Cardinals at the moment. The Seahawks are up to sixth in DVOA. The Cardinals are thirtieth in DVOA. The Seahawks are eleventh in overall PFF grade the Cardinals are 30th in PFF grade. As someone who was riding a Cardinals plus six and a half ticket against the Vikings, close three and a half didn't matter because that team is an absolute disgrace in the way that they are managed, the way that they operate. It's just a complete mess. There is no rhythm at all. Uh, Yes, DeAndre Hopkins looks phenomenal uh, and is looking like the guy that he was in Houston. I don't know what the hell happened to DeAndre Hopkins last year because he didn't look anything like that. That is scary, but I just don't trust this Arizona team at all, and I think that the Seahawks, I mean, they're just legitimately good. We're halfway through the season, and Geno Smith is the second-highest-rated uh, quarterback by PFF. He's fifth in DVOAs, top five in passer rating, leads the league in completion percentage. The defense has been a lot better uh, than expected. Uh, I didn't see a ceiling for this defense where they could keep Arizona the nine points, where they could keep the Giants the 13 points. I think that we're seeing with Tariq Woolen making that secondary a lot better, uh, the pass rush isn't amazing, but has been functional enough. So I just think it adds up to. I just think the Seahawks are better neutral field than the Cardinals. This line is implying that they're basically even. I don't agree with that at all. I just think the Seahawks are better. I would have the Seahawks favored in this game. Uh, where do you stand?
3: Well, I agree. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think last week was kind of a key pivot point for the Cardinals seasonally, right? Like if they win that game, you get to four and four, and all of a sudden, like. You still have a chance at a wild card. You still have a chance at the division. Uh, you're building a little bit of momentum with two straight wins against top quality opponents. Um, but the way that they lost—not not just that they lost, but the way that they lost—with uh, Kyler Murray making you know the, kind of the key turnovers at the end of the game and some of the body language that's going on between him and the coach—it um, spells quit. Uh, and you know, I think realistically, uh, Kyler Murray is sort of the only immovable piece of this franchise that needs to be significantly shaken up and uh, if you see a quiet mutiny where he all of a sudden is not interested in running and putting his body at risk and he's not interested in having you know helping Cliff Kingsbury uh, maintain his uh, his position as the head coach of this team it would not surprise me so um, there are a couple of X factors where I see a long tail to Arizona under underachieving not just in this game but uh, you know for a little bit of a sustained time here as they sort of pack it up on the season.
2: Yeah, I would even start looking at some like some alternate lines, like Seahawks to win by double digits, that type of thing, because sure. the Cardinals have huge disaster potential. And the Seahawks team, I mean, they're coming off three two-score wins in a row, and it's not like they're beating up on the Texans and the Lions. Like they, they blew out the Giants. They blew out the Chargers in Los Angeles, and then they blew out these Arizona Cardinals as well. So I think we just have to readjust the Seahawks and expect that they are, you know, projecting forward if the season started today that they are a nine and eight ten and seven type level team and this cardinals team is more like the flip side of that where they're a seven and ten type of team and the seahawks they were two and a half point dogs at home uh to the cardinals of three weeks ago you love that line i love that line seahawks did it with ease that day and i I think they might do it with ease again uh, as underdogs against the Cardinals. Just a lot of good vibes around the Seahawks at the moment. Tyler Lockett in the press conference afterwards uh, with the great uh, slaying of Russell Wilson talking about what we can achieve when no one cares uh, who takes the credit. Uh, no good vibes around the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they have been a mess against the spread and also straight up, uh, but basically in the in the Cliff Kingsbury era uh, at home in particular all right drew we're done don't forget to check out nbcsportsedge.com for more information to help you with your wages thanks for everyone watching on the nbc sports youtube channel drew you got something for me Lastly,
3: yeah the seahawks uh after this game let's assume they're six and three they head to munich to take on the mighty tampa bay buccaneers what kind of line are we going to see on a neutral between geno smith wow. and Tom brady
2: jeez bucks bucks will be favored uh because because uh america and germany still don't believe in the seahawks <laughs> like they should uh, but i don't know is that line gonna be like two
3: two two and a half yeah
2: two and a half yeah Something i, I like think Dante, i'd say bucks minus two and a half and i'll like the seahawks in that yeah. spot I yeah i do do go seahawks look yeah. a load 7-3. up on the at all right thanks uh everyone watching and if you're listening to us in podcast form Don't forget to subscribe and rate us from Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. We'll see you tomorrow.